Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on November 16, 2014. I hope you're all getting through all the struggles of modern living as we go through the big agenda because things are getting pretty bad, aren't they? We, we know this, you see, through all the long history of the free trade deals going way back, actually, into the old British Empire days and John Dee, who coined the term the British Empire, which was to be the embryo of a trading system, which would also bring under its control, Britain's con- or London's control, really, uh, the mercantile system of the world, along with it would come the political system that would get exported, and then they would run it from a, a central system. That was picked up, of course, if, if it never died away, it could be the old underground stream, as they called it, and uh, that's what the alchemists used to call it, underneath the, the farce for the public of alchemy. There was also a scientific elite at the time, and... Um, you can find that in a modern Atlantis and so on, uh, with uh, Francis Bacon, for instance, things like that. It's quite fascinating to read it. But there was definitely a, a scientific elite of the day. And you, you find that uh, this idea of a world system under the control of the proper people, in those days used to call them the, the blue bloods, the proper bloods, the ones that had the good breeding And it was a hereditary thing because they'd held on to their fortunes for a long time after slaughtering lots of people to get it. But that's the history of the world. And the group centred in London uh, never gave up this idea of fostering control. And all wars technically are economic wars. Uh, But along with the economic system, especially with trade deals and so on and treaties, comes binding, binding laws. And all your domestic laws must change to accommodate it. People don't realize that you can't still have your, your old-fashioned uh, normal sort of uh, laws that you're used to, accustomed to, and have free trade. It doesn't happen that way because you end, you end up in a central regional authority to be run, of course, under the control of a world governmental system eventually. And the Royal Institute for International Affairs is still pushing the same thing today. These are the guys that created the CFR for the U.S. side and for other countries. Uh, They already had the British Commonwealth countries and uh, in the same club, you might say, and uh, with all other elite. And you you find also uh, that um, through binding treaties, and before that was lots of wars to take over countries and loot them, obviously, of all the resources for the economic masters of the day. And that hasn't changed under different guises. It's still the same. Britain, for instance, really has, at least the prime ministers keep telling you, oh, they have no real rights anymore uh, because uh, Brussels, the big super government runs the whole of Europe now, uh, is superior. And when they dictate something, it must be so, including mass immigration to destroy the domestic culture. And that's what it is. It's not because we're all wonderful and so on, and we're so prosperous we can take lots of people in or everybody in, but the fact is it was to destroy the domestic culture that was more rebellious than the ones that they actually bring in. And that's to be the same system across the world with the free trade deals. That's why in the States, of course, as you deepen the so-called ties, that was the old term they used for deepening ties, but now it's simply free trade deals and binding agreements, you must allow the free free movement of goods only with selected multinational corporations, mind you, and labor across all national 
boundaries. And eventually the boundaries are to disappear, or as Karl Marx, who was on the same agenda, taking it from a different side, because they always used two sides, um, and they'd wither away. National states would wither away. And we also had von, uh, uh, Rumpoy uh, in the EU Parliament, of course, the top honcho, who was unelected, of course, by people, because it's, it's anything but democratic, uh, saying the same thing, and I read on the air from his own speech that he gave at the, in the Parliament that the, the days of the nation-state are over. Now, if you don't have a nation anymore, what's the point in voting? Because it's bad enough when you get a centralised government, again, a tenant of the Communist Manifesto, that was also sponsored from London and New York. But uh, uh, if you can't have a, a local government even to demand things, you have no rights at all. Something that's far away or even centralised is, oh, we're too busy to listen to your little problems. That's what they tell you. And when you get a regional government with many countries involved, then you have no, absolutely no say whatsoever. And you're being trained to go along with this through dictatorial powers as opposed to pure persuasion and chronology, as I call it. And that's a term I always use, chronology. We're ruled by chronology. It's a fascinating subject. With the going way back and with the, the onset, in fact, of the push towards amalgamation of Europe, you find that world wars were necessary too, and that's the excuse they gave uh, for getting the, the, the secret uh, governmental department set up since 1948 across Europe. Uh, every parliament had a, a branch of the secret government that was to gradually implement uh, uh, economic uh, trade deals, uh, and then they went into the guise of free trade, and then it, it got into the guise of give up all your rights and join the EU parliament, which is a super parliament. But again, getting back to Karl Marx, isn't it? It's amazing. He said that there could be three regional, world, world regional governments, overall regions that they have, that it's under them, and that would reduce uh, the national governments down to provincial governments, like tiny little localized ones. And they'd all be under the guise, uh, the regional ones, of a, a super world parliament. Now, since from the very onslaught of it, uh, every country has used the same technique because it's the same group uh, that are behind writing up these trade deals and amalgamations and so on, step by step by step. And you get accustomed to it until you ignore it altogether. You adapt to it. We're always adapting to whatever they give us, you see. And it's through fiction, it's through non-fiction, it's through uh, the, the youngsters coming into the university who are immediately brainwashed in all their politically correct updates. And that's how it's, it's put forward. To, to the, the ones going into university come out thinking everything's normal. Everything's quite normal. Even though you might be waving the same flag somewhere, uh, but uh, it's a completely different system running the country. Uh, but you don't notice that. You still think, oh, there's a flag. It's just, it must be the same thing. But it's not. Not at all. The U.S. is a, it's amazing for that because it's so stereotyped in the U.S. of um, certain music, military, uh, martial music, and the flag waving and the symbols, the symbols of the nation, uh, and the leaders drape themselves in the symbols. It's all done by the public relations guys. Uh, for them, of course, the big machinery that makes them superstars, and, uh, and they can take you anywhere they want because you still identify with them. Well, they must still be American. You see, so we're well under uh, this way. But I was reading the early uh, um, economic uh, trade deals for the European system, and um, it was called the common market. They called the common market, you know. 
that's how they introduced it, all these trade deals. And there's always two sets of books and, and two versions of it, one for the public to hear uh, that they'll be, oh my God, they'll be so prosperous. Everybody will have so many jobs. I mean, you, you could take your pick from hundreds of them. Everybody could take your pick. And prosperity would come your way. And if you didn't join it and vote for it, you'd be left behind. That's been repeated in every country because the formula works. And it's all put forward by the Royal Institute for International Affairs, uh, which is a private organization, remember. And, and, and it includes lots of politicians, the top ones, absolutely. And it's branched in the U.S., the Council on Foreign Relations. It's amazing how things really are as opposed to how they're portrayed through propaganda, isn't it? But in the, the common market idea and the, the, the objections that came out at the time to it, uh, people and an economist, economist and everybody else said uh, that it's impossible because they knew their history in economics to, uh, to, to do binding treaties because they affect all the, the, the surrounding laws to do with trading. Uh, Etc. But that filters right through the whole justice system and to, and to the rights of the people as well. So we're well under underway. It's been on the go for years now. Most Western countries have been deindustrialized. That was all part of the plan. Uh, and the far eastern countries are suffering too because they, it was decided an awful lot before I was born uh, that Australia and New Zealand and, and a few other countries would join. Uh, they'd be basically the satrapies of China. And China is also on board with it. If you think China's independent, going their own way, forget it, folks. The same guys that created modern China also created your prosperity in the 50s and 60s and took it away again. That's what really happened. That's the real history of the world. And superconology has been used all along, all along, to trick you and to give you that version of reality. Because your sanity is judged by the way that you bounce off ideas from things you've heard from the media and so on and sources off your friends. And you get the same bombardment. And if you all agree on things, because you've all heard the same things, then you must be quite sane. That's how you see But if you say something different, uh, if, you, if, you have, if you're the, the, the odd, the very odd person that goes deeper to, to really know what's going on, to find out why, and you find the history of this, it's ancient, ancient history. And the techniques have always come through by, from the same sources, as I say. Then you find that there's a much, much deeper and more explanatory version you can find of why everything's happening where it's supposed to go long-term, but step-by-step, intergenerational training for adaptation into it until they have what they want. And we are pretty well about 90% there, folks, for those who don't know that. The U.S. is not the U.S. of even 30, 40 years ago. Britain is gone, completely gone today. And... uh, it was so overrun too with immigration uh, that uh, even back in Margaret Thatcher's day, back in the early 80s and so on, uh, she said, well, we've got to open the doors to, to mass immigration because not enough people are having children to pay off the national debt. Where have you heard that before and since? Because all the countries have used it. Same thing. You see, you're really a slave, and Charles Galton Darwin said that. He explained it very, very well in his book, The Next Million Years. He said, there's always been slavery in one form or another. And we are in the process of of creating a, a new, more sophisticated form 
of slavery. This is what some of the, the characters in the 19th century were talking about, a technique of mass persuasion using chronology and the understanding of human nature to get the public to do anything that the elite wanted them to do. It's quite true. Never think for a second that you have bumbling bureaucracies at the top and bumbling agencies. That's all a cover for what they're really up to, believe you me. They don't make mistakes at that level. They don't. And they know you exactly. And they know how you'll adapt to everything because they've got thousands now of neuroscientists, a big, big field with all these prostitutes uh, leaving university and getting right into it for, for governmental and, and government-appointed uh, jobs for private uh, uh, systems. All the this massive megalithic system of smaller uh, agencies all working for the government. That way, of course, you can say, well, we're independent, but technically they're all working for They're all getting your tax money, you see. And if you claim, complain to government about these agencies, the government will say, well, they're not ours, you know, they're, they're private, we can't interfere. That's the trick they've used for such an awful long time, and they're still using it. Clever, isn't it? But they're really clever at the top. And they do, from the top think tanks that have stacks of big think tanks working 24 hours in shifts per day. They fool you and con you on every single level. And they bring in the neuroscientists and the psychologists and behaviorists and so on. And uh, the whole plethora of uh, academia uh, to make sure that their big plans will never go awry. Now we're fooled on every level. Nothing's forgotten or comes out there by accident. And you find even in the alternative media, nothing's been forgotten by the big boys. Nothing whatsoever. I should have a laugh because for years I'd get up in the morning and I'd go through all the world news and so on and explain the parts that the media weren't telling you to make sense of the story. Because I know my stuff, you see. And why things were happening. And why the story was in the paper. And here's the other side of the story. Or here's the rest of the story. The other three quarters which they omit. And I used to laugh because the next day, talk show hosts would be parting the same stories because I felt I was working for them. Because they never mention you at all. So nothing's been missed, folks. And I don't tell you to go and vote for people either or some saviour is going to come along, doesn't matter who it is, and do it all. You know, the one, the Hollywood one that they always give you in the movies, you're the one, you'll clean up town. Forget that, folks, unless you're a real schmuck. It won't happen. Never has. Never has in history. But uh, that's the cons that go on left, right, centre across the world from the top to, the, to right through the structure of your system. Right down to your local governments and local councils even. Everybody's on the take. Everything's a scam because, you see, the morality that we used to have has been completely eradicated uh, from the days of Freud onwards, basically, and even maybe before that by some too, but really from the days of Freud. And even if you're not religious, the fact is you had common uh, moralities given to you uh, 
even if you're an atheist, you couldn't help getting away from the common moralities of decency and etiquette amongst people, and you didn't meet strangers and start effing and so on, and cussing and swearing and being awfully lewd like you do today. There's now the new normal as the Frankfurt School, another big branch that was put out there to destroy your cultures deliberately, and they admitted it in their own writings, lots of books they put out, and all the characters underneath them. And I've gone through all this in the past, of course, uh, going to cuttingthroughthemedias.com website into the archives and you can hear lots, thousands of talks I've given as I've gone through all of this too. It's been used up and many folk have turned out books on this information. I've even had characters in universities that came in touch with me and they went through universities using the information I put out for their thesis. It's just quite amazing. But... Um, and I'm sitting here wondering how you, you, you fix a transmission in your car for, that they want two and a half grand for. Because <laughs> I'm not selling you stuff to keep you immortalized and to fight off every possible disease under the sun to make a massive buck. I'm just telling you how things are. And that's why I started all this stuff in the first place. But I definitely don't con you. And I don't tell you who to vote for. Because voting really is a waste of time. If you're an honest politician, they'd be Kennedy very quickly. No, that Kennedy was an honest politician. And McKinley before and so on. They, they get them popped off so fast. It's so so easy to do. They don't have to make a big spectacle of it, like killing off the king and Kennedy. They can do it, they generally do it very quietly. You come down with a massive cancer or something, just spontaneously. Sir James Goldsmith, who was no angel himself, who came over to the U.S. and talked to the Senate. And you can hear the old tapes. I, I played them on there of, of his speech in the Senate, U.S. Senate. He came over from, from England. He was a top tycoon, this character, who had no problems about ripping oil off of other countries and all the rest of it for many years. But when he saw what was happening with the European Union, he came out uh, and tried to form a party to break away altogether, altogether from the European Union. He said, I'll destroy you. And he explained all this, what would happen in the US to the Senate. And the next week, of course, all the guys who agreed with him in the Senate voted to go along and, and pass all the trade deals regardless, because they're all corrupt folks. That's why they're put in there. And they all belong, again, to the private organizations under the Royal Institute for International Affairs, such as the Council on Foreign Relations and its other branch that has spawned, which is a Trilateral Commission, and all the other little things that you hear about too. That's the reality of the world. But the corruption, as I say, is right down to the bottom level. If you find, for instance, and even I've had a laugh this week because I couldn't even walk up a, 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 a steepish hill. It's nothing at all in the summer, and this little side road, and... It was so icy, incredibly icy. If you imagine if you were driving, and I couldn't drive because my transmission was gone, but uh, you imagine if you're driving, you, you, it's like a sheet of ice at times. Yeah, but the sun partially melts a bit, they don't freeze at night, and it's worse than never, it's like glass. And you phone up the local uh, works department, and oh, the guy hums and haws. He says, oh, give it a scattering of dirt on the hill, you know, a scattering of sand or something, you know, a couple of buckets or whatever. And, uh, oh, he says, that would cost about $500, he says, oh. And uh, he says, I've done that already, which is an absolute lie, because I've, I've gone up and down it and walked up and down it for, since the snow started even, and I haven't seen a damn thing put on it. There hasn't been a scrape put on it uh, by the snowplow. Not that it's too deep enough at the snowplow, but they haven't even done that. But there's been no graders come up. 
and sanded it. But you see, if you were to examine the books, that would be put down as it's been done. Everything is a... Why do you think, even in small townships, there's generally family run, you know, daughters and all the rest, and mayors, and etc. Because all that money's flowing in from your taxes, so they can live awfully well off of you. Again, getting back to Charles Galton Darwin in the 1950s, writing that book, The Next Million Years. He said it's a natural right for the elite to do things which the public are not allowed. And he saw about ripping you off and that. After all, how can a small elite live off of you uh, and you're working harder than them, for God's sake? Hmm? But they do, don't they? Because money comes and wealth comes from you at the bottom. That's why they're all in the scam. Same with corporate welfare. All the big multinationals and corporations get huge grants from different countries. Uh, and uh, because all our projects are so big, we can't do it all ourselves. And, and you finance them. And then it, it, it's sometimes they'll even get the government to put it forward by the lobby groups to pass bills that, that you'll start the construction. Then they'll take it over. It's privatized and it's theirs for nothing. This is common stuff. And we accept it all. We accept everything, folks. Because we're so entertained like never before. Plato said it too. Cities would detect the, the, the method to use because nothing's natural in a city. No one's plowing fields in a city or feeding themselves or anything else. They're all living off the rural areas, basically, through taxations. But that's how they put, he was saying they put forth, forth their, their system and, and the Republic that he wrote, the, the book The Republic. It's quite funny, isn't it? But nothing, the public never catch on. If they get away with their little niceties, little nice things, all oh, little comforts and so on, and get their feet up at night and zonk out in front of that TV and get further propagandized with it, no matter what they're watching, uh, then they're quite content. You know the studies of that and all this? It's just astronomical. Astronomical. They know you better than you'll ever know yourself. Now, getting back to the topic, free trade, of course, and the next step, and the next step, and the next step is to go along and along and along, and you get little bits in the paper, a few lines, that tell you absolutely zilch, which, which implies to you, well, don't be concerned about it. It's got nothing to do with you. You will only get angry or irritable and motivated, in fact, if the press tells you to do so. Otherwise, it won't happen. They know this, the big boys. And that's why they tell you every so often, oh, there's mass prostitution in this country, they're using slaves and so on, blah, blah. And then before you know it, you've got a charity group on the go fleecing you for tax money to go off and help these poor girls that they tell you're all gone missing, whether it's true or not. They don't tell you what's happening to you at home and where it's supposed to go with you. Complete austerity. Post-industrial, post-consumerist austerity. And I've said for years now, the whole idea was to reduce you down to, to basic uh, sustenance, basically. Sustainability. That's what the term sustainability means. Down to the, the lowest common denominator, where all your income will eventually go to everything you need to basically basically survive. Water, food, electricity, heating yourself in the winter, all of these things will be heavily, heavily taxed. 
The whole Agenda 21, for instance, which is also uh, the, uh, called the Millennium Project and sustainability and so on, it's all the same agenda. It's the same thing from the same people. Even give it different names once the public were catching on through guys like myself telling you what it means with Agenda 21. The United Nations had an article out to all their NGOs to call them different names so the public would start to get confused and forget about it. This is all, on, it's all done, folks. When plans are made and it's all signed into agreements, it's done. And you have to eventually get off, faded and phased off the road completely and live in your little community where supposedly there'll be um, private uh, transportation only for the big corporations that run the buses and so on for you. But no private vehicles except essential vehicles only. Police, fire, ambulance, bureaucrats, agencies and so on, governmental. That's where it's supposed to go. And remember too, the Club of Rome, and I launched that one too, from the 1970s, uh, their article, uh, and they called the, the new global, or the first global revolution, they called it. Uh, they went through that too. Democracy wouldn't work, and they all knew that, and they, were, they weren't talking off their own bat, basically, as a think tank, a private think tank. Uh, they were talking because they're part, they're part of this big global structure financed by the same people. It's got many branches, again, to, to obfuscate who's really behind it. It's the same bunch behind it, always. And and the, and 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 the, and they said in that book that um, uh, there's too many uh, bickering, for instance, amongst people and parties. They can't get their big agendas through, so they would need new techniques to ram agendas through. And that's what the ones that came up with uh, all pollution, so and so, would be used against the public to to bring you into serfdom, basically and into these sustainable communities, and do what you're told, etc. And, and you, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd adapt to it step by step by step. Now we know it's through terrorism that we're going to use. But uh, in the first global revolution, they talked about, um, uh, yeah, pollution and all the rest of it. So it was all man's, and deforestation is all man's fault. Therefore, the, the enemy would be man, man, you see. And that's what they'd use against you. It's all your fault. It's all your fault for breeding and having children. Right. Meanwhile, the domestic people, uh, the naturals people of, of various countries have been plummeting in the so-called industrialized or post-industrialized nations, plummeting for really since the 19, 1930s. So you can't be good, you see. A lot of folk only started having two children when they were told to. The 1920s they started a big, big push for that. And they said actually after World War I that they hadn't killed enough people off. And so in the 20s, they pushed again for, oh, cut down the families, cut down the families. And books came out saying, well, believe the big top politicians and all the, the, the House of Lords in Britain, when they start reducing their children, they were having sometimes 10 in a family. But you were to have less, you see, maybe two. And so the goody two-shoes went, well, okay, I'll have two. And so you have two. And that's just basically maintaining each other, you know, male and female will breed down the road. And have offspring, and then they reduce it to one. You see, now you're now you're your birth rate's not only keeping level, it's falling dramatically. And again, two, even if you try and get two, it falls dramatically because uh, there's still children that die in childbirth. Now you have autism and everything else involved as well. 
they're disabled, and that's what they call it, if they were disabled, and I'm using their terms, of course, not all the PC terms, and they're allowed to, by the way, in top uh, academia, use the, the, the terms they've been using forever, as they tell you to use other terms like challenge and so on, but they said that no one would, would, would uh, they'd be ineligible for marriage partners. Fast takedown in, in, in Africa, places like that, but in the West, they couldn't have fast takedowns because the people would, be, I mean, e- even we, we're all dumbed down propaganda and indoctrinations, we start to notice, wouldn't we? So more and more of what become disabled and disabled and have chronic diseases and even uh, chronic aging diseases that would hit them much, much younger, right down to, to the new ones. And you've got arthritis and juvenile arthritis, they call it. Now it's normal, just like autism's normal now. We adapt and we adapt because we're bombarded with propaganda. And anything to do with emotion, when they bring emotion into it and you see the poor children, um, you, you, you're not thinking straight, folks. You're not asking the right questions. Like, why did this suddenly go sky high? And again, it's a whole history behind all of that, why it happened. Of course we know why it happened. I've given many talks about it before. But a slow takedown, and, and you've got it. You've got it. And truly, let's be honest too, if you really, if they're really worried about too many people and they've signed all these agreements, even the US and Canada have signed them with China to depopulate and bring down the population, then you would close your borders and so on. You wouldn't be saying, oh, at the same time you're bringing mass immigration from uh, some of the most uh, populated countries in the world, like parts of India. And don't forget, India has the second largest middle class. Yeah, it's really the largest middle class population in the world. You always see the the poor and the the poverty stricken. Because they've got a huge population, they also have a a much, much larger middle class population. And they're exported, basically. That's one of their main exports is from India. Our people. With good, good education and so on. And China's to come into it too now. But as I say, if they're really worried about all that, you wouldn't be bringing them in, would you? Because it's all a ruse. Because you see, uh, to 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 rule over a whole world, you must destroy the the, the national cultures that caused them too much trouble down through history. In other words, they fought back at times. And they have a sliding scale of, 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 of the ones they're more afraid of right down to the ones that they're not worried about at all. You see? Again, another, it's a whole, whole history behind that, but I'll give other folk ideas for stories which you'll hear about soon, I'm sure. But here's an article here, and this is from uh, the Center for Progressive Reform. Progressive Reform. That's an old term, by the way, that the communists used in the West, because the communists were working for the same group, you see, as the top, the top capitalists. And um, reform, you better understand what reform means, folks. When they say reform, they mean a completely different way of living. Agenda 21, that's what it is. But they'll never mention the term again in these articles. But it says here, the 13 essential regulatory actions. Barack Obama's path to progress. Oh, it's always progress. But the thing is, you're going backwards with your finances and all the rest of it and the cost of living because they have mandatory annual uh, quantitative easing, they call it, which is inflation, reducing the buying power of your dollar. 
you see. But the costs don't go down, they go up and up and up. And more taxes. But it says here, President Obama faces a a Congress united by party, but fundamentally at odds with the agenda he tends to pursue. Republican legislators will not advance legislation to effectively address the top public health issues of our time. So there's, 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 there's the sad way to get you off track. It's public health issues. They're really worried about your health. The same folk that mandate inoculations and get the stats on what's happened to the folk that get them. And here's here the climate change. Climate change, the big corner climate change. You see? I mean, you've always had climate change. You used to get daily weather differences. That's climate change, folks. It's all chronology. And, and you've got the aerial spraying and, and, and so on. It's, it's down to a fine art now. It's routine art daily. I mean, even the BBC, a few years back, said we're stopping long-term forecasts because they couldn't predict the weather anymore. Because, you see, the air forces weren't telling them what were going to cause that day by the sprays that they give them. Anyways, climate change, air and water, pollution. You're deindustrialized. The air's never been so clean as it is today. The factory, there's few, few, few factories left, except the ones involved in the military-industrial complex. But the air is much, much cleaner. But oh, apparently it's worse, apparently. Oh. Everything's double-speak, isn't it? Uh, pollution, workers' rights, and food safety. But I like that air and water. These are the same guys that have been putting chemicals in your water for years, knowing darn well the effects of it on you. Again, it depopulates you. There's various cancers, and it certainly dumbs you down. But, it says here, if the president is to accomplish much of anything on these issues during his final two years in office, it will almost certainly be by means of regulation. What it means is executive orders. He did not strain the bounds of his authority to do so, of course. He simply needs to see that the various agencies of his, his administration move in a timely way with the appropriate sense of urgencies. Urgency. The Center for Progressive Reform's issue alert called Barack Obama's Path to Progress 2015-16, to 13 Essential Regulatory uh, Actions, they give you the PDF, and I'll try and put that link up tonight. It says, by CPR uh, President uh, Rina Stenzor, CPR Senior Policy Analyst James Goodwin, and Matthew Schutz, and CPR policy analyst Anne Havman identifies 13 essential regulatory actions that agencies are working on now to address critical public health concerns. All of these actions can should be completed before the president leaves office. These rules come out of the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA. Uh, this is the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA. See, they're not there for the reasons that you've been brainwashed to think they're there for, folks the Department of Labor, and the Department of Transportation. Now, think of all these things. Total control of your water, your food. I mean, they're mandating more and more poisons to get put in your food. And the GMO and all the pesticides that go along with it, and all up, up the doses of that. And the Department of Labor, who can work, who, who can't work, etc., or who gets priority jobs, even incomers from outside. And the Department of Transportation, because you see, they want the cars off the road. They'll be phased off the road in, the, in, uh, in about, oh, it's not that far now. They're talking about the 2020s, early, starting to, until you can't afford it, you see. And then they'll put various penalties and taxes on, uh, so it's much more expensive to drive. Uh, they'll put higher taxes on even repairs for your vehicles, things like that, road taxes, insurance, and so on, until you'll give it up. And the idea is you'll move in, out from rural areas into overcrowded cities 
and then you get the public transportation only. That's Agenda 21. This is all are now years overdue. Each day people get ill and too many die because elder administrations dragged their feet on these problems. As I say, you, you've been de- Canada's been industrial, de-industrialized from about the, uh, it was starting in the 70s and through the 80s and the 90s. Then everybody went up uh, lock, stock and barrel through the free trade with uh, China. The, the earlier first agree- big agreement through the World Trade Organization and our private body by the Royal Institute for National Affairs and, CIA and Council on Foreign Relations. And the whole fat phase up, uprooted and gone. You paid for all for your tax money. That was part of the trade deal so that the big corporations wouldn't lose a penny. Uh, it's because time is short and so much work remains to be done. The issue alert, is called issue alert, recommends that the president appoint a senior White House advisor to be the joint person to organize and ride herd. <laughs> ride herd, I like that. <laughs> Guess who they heard it over the considerable effort that will be required to make these and other rules final by no later than June 30th, 2016. We all had a big meeting about that already. I mean, sorry, they had one in June this year and one for next year and in 2016 is to be the where they've got all these things augmented and put in place. The authors choose that June 2016 date because it effectively immunizes the rules, immunizes the rules from repeal under the Congressional Review Act. Are these guys working for... Why would you vote when they're obviously not working for you? They never have been. And if you don't know by now, you never will. I mean, you know. Talk about lawyers. Lawyers ruling everything, eh? What do you expect? And should the Republican Party take control of the White House and hold both houses of Congress in the 2016 elections, it won't make a darn bit of difference who gets in, because they're all working for the same boys at the top. And it says, here's the essential regulatory actions highlighted in this issue alert. National performance stands to limit greenhouse gas emissions, as you're driving and you're heating and everything else, from fossil-fueled power plants. But power plant, don't forget, a vehicle is a power plant, folks. I hope you understand this. This will get parried by talk show host tomorrow, by the way. EPA rules that would reduce climate-disrupting greenhouse gas emissions from new and existing fossil fuel power plants, saving thousands of lives. You see? Now, just to let you in on the, on, on the, the whole driving thing in cars, they've been adding more and more ethanol to the gasoline for years now, and they up it every year until your engine is burning out much faster because it, 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 it makes them awfully hot. And it puts holes in the pistons and pits everything. It also attracts lots of moisture. It's a pure spirit that they add in, and it, and it attracts moisture into your fuel tank. So it rusts things out even in there. But uh, I've read the articles from the latest study it was done, and and the big uh, car companies and small engines companies, everything that you use at home even, uh, are complaining that a brand new, say, small engine, for instance, after a week on the ethanol mix that they're selling you, it looks like it's, it's been used for about 20 years. It's all pitted and almost holed and so on, chips off because of the high heat that it puts out there. They call it biofuels, you see. Sounds weren't bio, everyone's bio, you see. But it says the FDA rules that would prevent catastrophic foodborne... See, they don't have to ban you from driving. This make it impossible to keep going. Unless you can afford an engine every few months. 
But it says, and I mean that because I see, see up this ethanol, you wait and see, folks, it's going to happen. But uh, the FDA rules that would prevent catastrophic foodborne illness. What catastrophic foodborne illness, eh? Outbreaks caused by processed foods such as the recent salmonella-tainted peanut butter outbreak that killed nine people. I remember when they said there was, it was even an inside the eggs. Oh, dear, eh? What nonsense. But anyway, produce safety. An FDA rule that would prevent catastrophic foodborne illness outbreaks caused by tainted fresh produce, such as the recent listeria-tainted cantaloupe that killed 33 people. There you go, folks. Could it be the stuff that's grown in? Could it be the GM stuff, jointly modified? Blah, blah, and all the pesticides. But are they going to tell you? Of course they'll never tell you. Imported food safety. They have to rule that it would hold imported foods which compromise 15% of all foods consumed in the U.S. to the same high standards that apply to foods produced domestically. Silica standard and OSHA rule, O-S-H-A, to better protect 2 million U.S. workers exposed to dangerous levels of silica dust in the workplace. This is the guys that are spraying you from the air, folks, and have been since 9 to 8 on a daily basis. They're worried about what you breathe. National Ozone Air Pollution Standard. The EPA ruled that, that would, uh, rule would, term, would uh, annually prevent up to 12,000 premature deaths. It always rationalize something by bogus figures that pick out the air. And I mean that, they do pick out there. Do you remember when the crash came in 2008? Supposed crash, it was all known news before. A spokeswoman from the Federal Reserve was uh, in front of some panel of inquiry and she, she demanded some huge, massive amount of money. It seemed huge to us because we're, we deal in peanuts. These guys are in billions when they demand money. And uh, to them, that's peanuts. And actually, it was. It was, a, it was a, like a down payment almost, a deposit that she demanded from the U.S. taxpayer via the government to bail out these, these banks and so on. And they asked her uh, about a month later why she picked that. It was, it was our ongoing inquiry. She said, well, this seemed like a, a good round number at the time. And they had no idea why they picked it. This picked out thin air. Everything they give you in stats and all the rest of it is just out of thin air, folks. Just statistics and so on. And if I get back to the last little bit of the same article, it says, as I said, it said National Ozone Air Pollution Standard EPA rule that would annually prevent up to 12,000. Just pick out there. Premature deaths. Really? Would it? Okay. No. Then it says, Waters of the United States regulatory, regulatory definition. An EPA rule to ensure that wetlands and small, smaller bodies of water receive the full protection of the Clean Water Act, you see. Really? Again, think about aerial spraying and all the chemicals that are coming down on you. Child Farm Labour Safety Rules. The EPA and Department of Labour safeguards to better protect vulnerable child agricultural workers, one of whom dies in a farming-related incident roughly every three days. It seems so precise, doesn't it? Does it really? Every three days? Could uh, by rail safety standards, a Department of Transportation that would prevent trail derailments and crashes involving the more than 415,000 rail carloads of flammable crude oil travelling across the US each year? Really? You know who bails them out and fixes the lines and so on? Even that one we had in, uh, it was in Quebec earlier this year. The taxpayer picks up the tab. The, the private company, the ones that the tra- tracks now and the freight and so on, uh, they, they, they said they go bankrupt, and if they went bankrupt, you get no freight at all. 
There you go. That's the best it was given to the public, that excuse. They're not caring about what comes off. In fact, there's less and less safety standards in Canada when they privatise the CN Rail, that passes me all the time. Uh, eventually, uh, the new company, of course, um, uh, got rid of a lot of its staff. The unions disappear pretty well. And you don't see the guys here long tapping the rails, cracks and so on, and looking at the conditions of the spikes that constantly raise up back out of the railroad ties. And it's unsafe and unsafe and unsafe. It's all speedo, 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 less people employed, etc. And you know, even the workers are employed to deliver the freight now, and all the guys involved in it are on standby, but not full-time anymore. Standby. And so they're only given two or three hours warning before loads are ready to go out to save the corporation's money. Now, it says here, National Storm Water Pollution Controls, an EPA that rule that would prevent har- uh, harm to lakes, rivers, and streams caused by polluted storm water. Coal ash waste disposal standards, an EPA rule to require power plants to better manage more than 129 million tonnes of coal ash they produce annually in order to prevent contamination of adjacent ground and water surfaces, as well as disastrous spills. Concentrated animal feeding operations, uh, operation water pollution standards, an EPA rule to regulate disposal of more than 500 million tonnes of manure produced every year. This is the carbon stuff, and oh, methane, oh, methane, oh my God, it's going to kill us all off. And permits e-reporting for the National Pollutant Discharge Elimination System, an EPA rule that would strengthen agencies' ability to respond to water pollution violations. You are going to pay, if you think you're paying a lot now for your water in the cities and so on, and for your food, and everything else you... And even to drive, you better take courses on living in poverty, folks, because that's another term for austerity, as these guys put it across. I'm not kidding about that. And it says, read the full report, Barack Obama's Path to Progress 2015-16, 13 Essential Regulatory Actions. And I'll put it up tonight, this article, and uh, the PDF is in the article. You can download it yourself, and many talk shows will grab this stuff, because I'm doing all the work for them, and prattle on, but don't ever mention where they, where they heard it from, or the explanatory stuff that I fill in for you to explain why it's all happening. Obama's $3 billion for climate uh, fund could kickstart action on global warming. That's from The Guardian, and it's, uh, it says here, uh, November... Uh, 14, 2014. So here we are, $3 billion climate fund kickstarts. This is, the, the, again, like the deposit for it. <laughs> Your money, of course. And it says, um, Barack Obama's handshake deal with China and the $3 billion pledge for climate finance could break down the wall between rich and poor countries. Oh, they see, they care about you being rich and poor, eh? That has blocked action on global warming for 20 years, even though we're freezing here. And where I'm living here, there was two days of sunshine. I mean, like two full days of sunshine. All what normally used to be summer. This place used to be baking because it was berry country. Berry picking country. All the blueberries, all the berries grew up this way. Not anymore, folks. It's it's intensified the spray and intensified it. It's been like floods every year. And winters that just don't end. But reality doesn't matter, does it? 
I can remember it was, it was um, a court case uh, a couple of years ago, again in the U.S. I think it was, and and one in Canada too, to do with a farmer who was who had been uh, who, who Monsanto were after him in their private army sort of thing because they f- supposedly found uh, seed that mixed in with his crop that he didn't plant, of course. And the judge said eventually that uh, he didn't care how that seed got there, where a, boobed, a bird pooped it or it got blown by the wind or whatever. It's on his property. He's guilty, and that was it, to get him out of business. And when the facts came up, he says, facts don't matter. That's the reality we're living in. Facts don't matter anymore, folks. Don't, don't try and, and enlighten people who don't want to get enlightened, because facts don't matter. To them, no matter at all. It says the White House announced the three bombing place Friday, putting climate change firmly on the agenda of the G20 summit in Brisbane and injecting momentum into United Nations talks ahead of a key meeting in Lima this month. They're on the go all the time. The guys who set up these big meetings literally have their work cut out for the next 20 years. Because there's meeting after meeting across all the whole planet. Well, I think it's all over the planet, folks. Places you can't get to, to attend. Not that you get in the door. It's all secret, folks. It's one big agenda. The G20. I mean, is that why you vote for folk? Because they're now in charge of the business of the whole country? Really? It's the same thing with countries that, that borrow money from the, the private banks and money lenders, the big money lenders, to give through agreements to other countries to supposedly help them out. Third world countries Is that what your government's in? It's a business That's what it, It's a business So your government's acting like a big banker And then of course Every time uh, the, the, the third world country says Well we can't pay it anymore Or the big movement comes With the pop stars coming out The old aged pop stars on the crutches Oh you gotta You gotta, you gotta Forgive the debt Forgive the debt As a cousin swear And say Ah forgive the debt Yeah and so, and it's a wink, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge uh, system. The old, you know, the old Mason system too. And it was in the noise at the public. It's agreed upon, as you see. Because then the government, the board of money in the first place to give away, uh, can then write it off. But you, the taxpayer, have to, you're the guarantor, you have to still pay it off. Then they give them another loan. It's, it's fantastic. Government is nothing but big business for the big, big boys that run the world, folks. Anyway, the $3 billion is the most pledged by any country to date to the Green Climate Fund, eh? Green, eh? Oh. Set up to help poor countries fight climate change. Oh, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice, eh? The U.S. contribution puts the fund at nearly $6 billion towards its initial $10 billion goal. It doesn't go to that at all, folks. And those countries that are complaining about it in Africa, and, the, and, and then Africa's got a lot of little countries and some big ones are getting bombarded with things like oh, Ebola and this, or all kinds of disease. Because there's an awful nuisance, you see, complaining about things and not wanting to go along with this greenhouse stuff. Because, you see, some of them would like to actually have a light bulb in their homes and oh, that would cause pollution, creating the energy for that light bulb. Oh, I'm not kidding, yeah? Anyway... This is Robert Menendez, one of the four Democratic senators who's passed Obama, pressed Obama to stump up for climate. Oh yeah, sure, he did do it. Yeah, for climate finance, said the pledge could unlock United Nations talks. The United Nations is a private organisation set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations. It's a front group. 
Did you vote for the UN or anybody in it? No. It's not democratic either. And they keep telling you to be democratic. Uh, well, it says the announced $3 billion pledge is exactly what's needed to bring developing countries to the table for a meaningful climate agreement in Paris next year, the New Jersey Democrats said in a statement. Campaign groups also widely praised the pledge as a sign of Obama's commitment to his climate change agenda. But a number of groups said America could have done far more. Oh, I wonder who those groups were, eh? All the NGOs working, big foundations working for the same group. The Catholic Foreign Mission Movement and the, the Mary Knoll Office for Global Concerns in America should have given five uh, times more. Well, so what if the Catholic Foreign Mission Movement said that? You know, there's even one group of nuns, a particular school of nuns, that are signed on as an NGO under the United Nations, who are all for all this stuff across the world. You see? Everybody's on the take. I guess it, like, nuns now, it must be a habit or something. But remember, too, back in the 1800s, the revolutionaries, they were to push this whole system through much faster. That's what they hoped for. Into the same system, by the way. It wasn't going to eliminate all the big tycoons at the top at all. That was all nonsense. They wanted a slave population working for a more of a future utopia. That's what the Soviet Union did for years. They never saw it, of course, but never had a chance of seeing it because it was all a con. But um, back in the 1800s, the, 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 the revolutionaries churned out articles and they were putting books and so on. And they said they would use existing organizations, the same stuff that Bernays talked about. Don't go looking for or create. If they're there already, use them. Take them over from the top and the followers don't notice. They just keep following. And they would use the churches, folks, through infiltration over generations, and then they would use the churches. So here you have the Mary Knoll Office for Global Concerns. As you're going down the tubes financially, you have to be taxed more so your government can supposedly give it away to help third world countries. They've been helping them for years. Uh, in other words, income the multinationals, the same multinationals, and put branches up and factories up and give them slave wages, for God's sake. And when the people come, eventually start to get organized for unions, what do they do? They move. Oh, wake up, eh? Wake up. And it says, um, Brandon Wu, a policy analyst for ActionAid, said the pledge was a fraction of the support for the energy industry. He says, the U.S. spends up to $37 billion per year on fossil fuel subsidies. We can do better than $2.5 billion over four years for a fund designed to help poor people in poor countries who are already living with the effects of climate change. That must be us, eh? Inflation, dollar devaluation, Britain is a pound or the euro, and so on. It must be us getting poor. Look at all the thousands that die in Britain every year now. It's normal now. In their homes, not in the streets, but in their homes, living in real austerity, folks, because they've, they've been pushing that for years much, much. They're more effective in Britain. And it's mainly old folk who can't afford the fuel. And they die, and it's now normal. And guess what? The public accept it. They accept it. Normalized. And here you also have. It says, um, Obama's pledged, this is from uh, the Republican leadership in Congress, attacked the pledge. Well, they always had to go through this show for the public. 
Obama's pledge to give unelected bureaucrats of the United Nations $3 billion for climate change initiatives is an unfortunate decision to not listen to voters in this most recent election cycle. When have they ever listened to voters? Jim Inhofe said, an Oklahoma Republican and the likely incoming chair of the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee, said in a statement. Hmm. So the President's climate change agenda has only siphoned precious taxpayer dollars away from the real problems facing the American people, he says. Oh, well, he speaks for us, doesn't he? Everybody. Oh, God, am I. Oh, he's the one. It's all a show. It's all a show, folks. They always give you someone who, who says what you're all thinking. And, and I mean in every level of media. Every level of media. And you follow blindly. Another article, two U.S. and China strike deal on carbon cuts and push for global climate change pact. Oh, climate change. That's what they're getting back to the 1970s. The pollution, you know, blah, blah. Man is the enemy. Climate change. Perfect, isn't it? Oh, perfect. Most folk today, you see, go from from their environmentally controlled homes to environmentally controlled car to the environmentally controlled office, if they've got a job, that is. And and the same in the way back. And they don't notice what's happening outside them. They simply adapt and adapt and adapt. Because the media doesn't say, isn't this darn weird weather when it's snowed every darn day in places around Sudbury, at the top of the, the jet stream where it loops. That's what they said, of course, in their articles for changing. That's where they dump it all. The biggest, heaviest dumps are right on the loops. Because it carries it as a bigger carrying area on the way back down again to the States. I never mentioned too the weeks of 35, 40 below freezing. Like it was normal, really? Well, it is now. Anyway, so US and China strike dealing carbon cuts. So US President Barack Obama looks on as Chinese President Xi Jinping, Jinping eh? speaks during a joint press conference in the Great Hall of the people in, I love that, for Soviet system, eh? the communist. The Great Hall of the people. In Beijing, they've got a whole slave population there, and 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 the guys that used to be millionaires are multi-billionaires now that run them all. The People's Hall, the People's Army. Oh, heavens, the People's, really? <laughs> what a joke, eh? And then this other article too from the Guardian: the U.S.-China emissions deal puts extreme pressure on Australia to do more. See, they push everybody. Oh. Because you see, Australia, as I said, and New Zealand are now under the region of China. That was decided by, guess what? The British establishment, London establishment, not British, it's really London. The British folk have no more say than the Americans or Canadians or anybody else has on what goes on. But London's the boss, you see, a big financial centre. Old families, as they say. So Australia must buckle under too. And uh, the Hazelwood power stations, so I showed you these uh, power stations, is under intense pressure to announce a target for post-2020 greenhouse gas reductions after the shock announcement from U.S. Par- uh, President Barack Obama and Chinese President Xi Jinping of the new national climate change goals. The new national ones, eh? The U.S. has agreed to cut its emissions by 26 to 28% of 2005 levels by 2025. A doubling of the pace of its reductions. So, by 2025, folks, you ain't going to be driving. 
and up leading up to it. Don't think you can drive up to it. No, they're, they're going to be putting things up and up and up until by that you see they don't forbid you, they make it impossible to do so. That's what they do. They've always done this technique. Incrementalism. You adapt and adapt and eventually it happens and you think you're making it oh well I better get rid of that that old banger there and move into that city. Yeah. As with the deal left Australia's climate change policy, uh, the expert advisor to the former government, Professor Ross uh, Garneau, said exactly where it was before the US-China announcement. Up, he says, S-H-I-T Creek. Wow, what a way for a guy to say that, eh? A guy in charge of climate change policy. From the top, by God, Hollywood's given you a whole new vocabulary in the way of saying things, haven't they? And they have, because they gave you your culture. The whole world adapts from it. They'll watch the same movies. One of the biggest exports from the US, apart from the military, industrial complex things and so on, is, no kidding, Hollywood movies. They churn them out just like tin cans. Boom, 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 boom. And it alters your way of thinking through emotional pieces written into the scripts. And you adapt these emotional outcomes as though they're your own. So Australia has said so far that it would consider its post-2020 targets a part of the review and 2015 Australia's international target and settings. And it says, taking into account what trading partners promise and has been strongly resist, resisting discussion of climate change at the G20 on the grounds that the metering should focus on its central economic agenda. Well, you can't have any practicality here, folks, because, you see, it's not your agenda, it's theirs. And they always get what they want. And it says it has not announced how it will determine its post-2020 target, nor when it will make it public. No, no, they won't tell you when it will make it public. And it goes on and on and on. And then, if you even go into, I think it's uh, Wikipedia, or WikiLeaks, I should say. Wikipedia is awful. It's all a chronology again. But it says, Today, WikiLeaks released a secret draft for the Trade and Services Agreement. That's called TISA, T-I-S-A. That'll be all over talk shows this coming week as guys grab the stuff and put it out there. It says, Financial Services Annex, you see, uh, which covers 50 countries and 68.2% of world trade and services. The US and the EU are the main proponents of the agreement and the authors of most joint chart changes, which also covers cross-border data flow. That's all your information being shared, folks. Like, it hasn't been already, but now it's, it's a seamless flow of all data. In a significant anti-transparency manoeuvre by the parties, the draft has been classified to keep it secret, because, because you see, you live in a democracy, not just during the negotiations, but for five years after the TISA enters into force. So it's a stay secret. Despite the failures in financial regulation evident during the 2007-2008 global financial crisis, you see, every secret, and calls for improvement of relevant uh, regulatory structures, proponents of TISA aim to further deregulate global financial services markets. Who runs these folks? Do you think the guys at the top who run the cash system run it all, including all the politicians? Who do you think puts them into office? And backs them financially to get into office and gets the big machinery to, to, to market them to the public and make them superstars so you'll vote for them. 
The draft financial services annex sets rules which would assist the expansion of financial multinationals, mainly headquartered in New York. No kidding. Oh, surprise. London. Oh, really? Paris and Frankfurt. And to other nations by preventing regulatory barriers. The leaked draft also shows that the U.S. particularly is keen on boosting cross-border data flow, which would allow uninhibited exchange of personal and financial data. That's all you as know, the big boys and the CEOs and the corporations, folks. That's your data. See, it's all getting set up for the world government, folks. If you don't figure it out, well, I can't help you. Or you don't want to figure it out because it scares you. Can't help you there either. TISA negotiations are currently taking place outside the General Agreement on Trade and Services, which is GATS, G-A-T-S. There's two different kind of GATS treaties, you see. There's also also, uh, tariffs and trade, you know. Uh, So there's taxes too, another GATS, G-A-T-T. And the World Trade Organization, the WTO framework. Again, a private organization set up by Royal Chamber International Affairs Council of Foreign Relations. By the way, they also drafted up the NAFTA agreements for the, for, they had come out publicly and said that they drafted them up and given the government to sign. Did you vote for them? No, they're private. Anyway, however, the agreement is being crafted to be compatible with the GATS, GATS, so that a critical mass of participants will be able to pressure remaining World Trade Organization members to sign on in the future, so they'll blackmail them and push them. Conspicuously absent from the 50 countries covered by the negotiations are the BRICS countries of Brazil, Russia, India, and China. The exclusive nature of TISA will weaken their position in future services negotiations. The draft text comes from April 2014 negotiations round. They had a big round there, quiet and all that. The six rounds since the first held in April 2013. Look at the really ramming all this through. The next round of negotiations will take place and it has already, by the way, 23rd, 27th June in Geneva, Switzerland. Where else, eh? Another big financial centre for secrecy. Current WTO parties uh, negotiating TISA are Australia, Canada, Chile, Chinese Taipei, Taiwan, Colombia, Costa Rica, Hong Kong, Iceland, Israel, Japan, Liechtenstein, Mexico, New Zealand, Norway, Pakistan, Panama, Paraguay, Peru, South Korea, Switzerland, Turkey, and the United States, and the European Union. It's much, much better than a union, you see, because you can put it through all those countries through under one group by one parliament. That's why they want the same one for the Americas, which includes its 28 member states, Austria, Belgium, and you go through all the member states, France, Denmark, and so on, Czech Republic, Germany, Greece, Hungary, Ireland, Italy. And it goes on and on. But I'll put these links up tonight for those uh, talk show hosts that want to part it. Uh, and I wish to send me a few bucks once in a while. At least mention you. But anyway, folks, most folk won't want to know this stuff. It scares them. And they want to believe in positive thinking, of course. They've all been brainwashed into. Uh, and wishful thinking, really, that's what it is is that they can go on forever the way they are, even though they've been backpedaling for years and adapting to the backpedaling. But uh, you can't help folk that don't want to know. And lots of folk really don't want to know. It's too negative, as they say. And they've all been trained not to look at the negative, because it makes you depressed, you know. You might have to, God's sake, you might have to do something. And start writing politicians saying, you're all scam artists, we don't trust you anymore. You'll work for the big boys. Things like that. They don't have the nice rosy cozy stuff with the PR 
announcements by the marketers and, and the public relations experts was they, is they prop up your politicians in front of you for their photo ops and their prepared speeches and even the little quips that come out of their mouth are all written by experts and teams of people. They con you, folks. Oh, that's reality, eh? Well, from a very cold Canada, I don't think it's got above uh, zero degrees uh, centigrade uh, during the day here for the last month, and uh, probably longer, actually. And if you think last year was a doozy for freezing, wait till you see this year, because they're really stepping it up with the spray. It's so perfect now, it's routine stuff. There's no, there's no hit and miss with it anymore. They can give you exactly what they want day by day. And they do. And I hope you're all managing to get through, but this is for the people who are interested and who don't panic and who, I'm not selling you anything to, to, to save your lives or anything like that and lots of products and all that through fear-based advertising and fear-based talks and so on. I'm just telling you how it is. If, if I was, I'd be stinking rich, folks, and I'm not. As I say, it's bad enough getting trying to get a, a transmission repaired for two and a half grand for me. It's not. A, it's a, an awful lot of money for me. You can always send a few bucks here if you wanted to, and you can find out how to do it at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Just make good use of it. You all, most of you already do. Everybody else does because uh, it's free, and you can help me take along too. And you can cut through the nonsense. That's why I do. I cut through it. Cutting through the matrix. All the cons. I mean, all of them. You know. But from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>